Now, it's fair to say David Coglin knows a thing or two about property. You know, you've got to keep on top of your costs, buying the right area where prices are likely to double. Where else are you going to get that opportunity as a working class, middle class person? And he's never short of an opinion. And if you don't mind me making an analogy, it's like potholes in it. How many potholes are there out there? You can't do them all. Even the councils can't do them all. They go cap and to the government for a few quid. Welcome to the Landlord Talk Show. How are you, David? I'm fantastic, Ian. Lovely to hear your beautiful voice again. How are you? Uh, good as gold at this, and it's always good to have you on. There's always a, a, a lot of animated opinion, which uh, everybody likes. And we're calling this episode the Rents versus Mortgages episode, and there's a good reason for that, right? It is indeed, yeah. Well, we're going to be talking all about rents and talking all about mortgages, so that's a yeah. good enough reason, isn't it? I keep bumping into people who are in this dilemma all the time, and landlords are kind of also clearly in this place too. Do you rent? Do you get a mortgage? What is the best policy? I'm assuming there is no one size fits all. Ian, so there is no one size fits all, but if I can give you a bit of feedback as to what kind of I'm seeing in the market, even myself personally. So obviously the Bank of England didn't put interest rates up for the second month in a row. Hurrah, 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 right? Um, And, you know, no one's got a crystal ball, but, you know, there's some what is it, bullish people out there thinking, well, rates are going to tank next year. They're going to start coming down. Some of the press are recording that. You know, some of the government politicians want the Bank of England to start reacting a bit more, not on inflation, because they think inflation is going to be back to 2% at the end of next year. Uh, But they want to start seeing the Bank of England helping the economy. So that putting that together, it's helping the two- and five-year fixed rates that the mortgage borrowers can get come down. So I've seen a drop. I'm doing some remortgages at the minute, about 20, and the interest rates on them have dropped by half a percent or a little bit more. So that's obviously feeding through to buyers, and a lot of buyers, first-time buyers, coming back into the market now because they can see that the rates are coming down and they're not going up, and it's a bit as simple as that. Yeah, uh, and that's all you people are looking for, the best deal, right? Yeah, the, I think they're looking for the best deal. And um, what's happening is sometimes those deals are getting better. So what do I mean by that? So a few months ago, if buyers agreed to purchase a property and for whatever reason they needed to get an extension on the mortgage because sometimes that's what happens, right? Uh, when they were going back to the lender, the rent, the rates had increased and they couldn't follow through with the purchase. Now the reverse is the case. So if you agree to buy a property in July, you could probably get a better mortgage now, yeah. and therefore that's um, that's going to help drive the market. In terms of rents going up, um, I mean, we've talked a, a number of times, David, about the kind of hard time, completely unfairly, that landlords get because, you know, landlords have got this this image that follows them around. The word landlord has kind of become mm. contaminated over the years. And, you know, of course, there are some dodgy landlords. Nobody in the world of property would ever dispute that. But mostly, by a country mile, uh, most landlords, they own just one property or maybe a couple. They don't have massive portfolios. For those that have a bigger portfolio, it is a business. It's run legitimately like a business. They have clean homes. They have good service. Everything is, all boxes are ticked. But landlords, it takes nothing for somebody to jump back on that bandwagon and say, you know, landlords are ripping me off or whatever. And I guess because some mortgages have gone up, landlords have put the rent up and that's recreated that 
that debate again. But sometimes a landlord puts the rent up because they literally don't have a choice. No, they, they don't have a choice, uh, Ian, and I'm one of them. I know we've mentioned it a few times before, but, you know, we all kept, most of us did anyway, kept rents, you know, at the same level for 10 years when rates were a half a percent. And we got caught out with the interest rates and the mortgages going up. And for the time, people, and, and some landlords still are, I've got loads of landlords coming to me now where they're still like five, 10 grand a month short on the mortgages. Um, yeah. And they're having to sell, take a price hit. Uh, but along the way, they obviously, if they've got the money in the bank, they pay for the repairs. You know, the tenants have got more rights now than ever. They phone the council up, council sends somebody around, you get a list of repairs, the length of your arm. You know, you've got to get those repairs done. So, you know, really, you know, landlords are under pressure to do them repairs and they need to find the money to do those repairs. And if you don't mind me making an analogy, it's like potholes in it. You know, there's lo- <laughs> how many potholes are there out there? You can't do them all. Even the councils can't do them all. They go cap and to the government for a few quid. And, and it's the same with landlords. So, you know, no one can afford to do everything all of the time. And I don't know a single landlord says, I'm not doing that. And the only time they don't do the work is when it's uh, usually it's because the tenant doesn't let them in or whether it's just like, you know, you're asking me to do something like repair the carpet and your dogs rip the carpet, you know, so it's partly your responsibility. But anything that's the landlord's responsibility, they get done and they've got to get it done. They just need the money to do it. And that's the problem at the minute. Have they got enough money to do the repairs because they're not making any profits on the rents? Absolutely. In fact, one of the questions, one of many questions that we get in when we record these episodes, many listeners asking this, is it worth being a landlord for anyone coming into the market? Yeah, I could understand why if you get the vibe of existing landlords who are getting out and who've had enough, right? And I can't find myself in that camp sometimes, Ian, yeah? Right? I just want to sell up and retire, right? But I'm also next year looking at buying again. Why am I looking at buying again, right? So I'm like, well, you know what? There's some pressure on homeowners to sell, landlords to sell, so you can pick up a deal. The interest rates are looking like they're falling, so buyers are coming back into the market. I think that that will cause house prices to rebound, maybe not quickly, but definitely as the inflationary pay pressures and the the pay settlements feed into people's uh, pay packets that they take home the cost of living crisis eases interest rates come down and then you'll really as a homeowner or a home buyer see a big gap between how much you pay for rent and how hard it is to find a rental property versus hopefully buying that'll have the impact of rent staying high but also it pushing house prices up so i think you know i know it's like a a bit of a whole old hat statement people say it all of the time but i see as buyers coming back into the market rents high and uh, house prices rebounding because people got a few more quid in the pocket i just see that as a good time to get into the market next year yeah and i was going to say despite everything is it still a good industry to be in um well is it still a good industry to be in? At the end of the day, how else will someone like yourself, someone like myself, get a million quid in the bank apart from inheriting it? Yeah. So where are you going to find a way to make money? And over a, a long period of time, putting your money in property, if you've got 
25 people chasing a rental property and I've just done some refurbs and I'm, I'm selling them in two weeks for 10, 20 grand more than what the agent said I'd sell them for. Wow. Because they're ready to go in to do a good job. So, you know, I'm like, well, there's shoots of optimism out there. You've got a lot of hard problems to deal with, which, but EPCs, we talked about that last time. They've come off, mm. they've come off the agenda now. Um, yeah. Whether Labour get in and put them back on the agenda, but that's a big concern and worry for landlords being removed from the, the, the problem page. Yeah. So that's like a cost that's gone. You've got the, the, the private rental sector, you know, the, you know, you know, all of this stuff that's going to come in section 21s next year. But I think if you want to sell a property, if a tenant's not playing ball, you're always still going to be able to sell your property, uh, get rid of a problem tenant. I personally don't think there's anything to worry about that like that. I just think you've got to buy in the right area, look after the property, make sure you can get the builders instead of them charging 50 grand for a refurb, you can get it done for 30, charging four grand for the boiler, you can get it done for two. You know, you've got to keep on top of your costs, buy in the right area where prices are likely to double in 10 years. And, uh, you know, where else are you going to get that opportunity as a working class middle class person yeah so it's still if you do it right and you you tick all the boxes and of course you can afford it as well i mean there are many you know i I speak to people who talk about going into the property industry and and want to rent out places but they probably can't afford to do it i mean and, and then get stung because they're you know really taking it right up to the wire i mean that's just stupid business but if you do it properly it can still be a good way to earn money right I know so, not just that I think so. I think you've got to be clever about it. I look at some people selling like flats in London and the Southeast and they're trying to sell flats for 200 grand, if not more, they think it's worth that. And the rents are only 1100 quid and you've got service charge. They don't stack up as property investments. So you, in order for that to yeah. work out, you'd have to buy it for 160 and have a bit of equity in it. But uh, so... I'm, I'm avoiding flats like the clappers unless you're buying it for an absolute song or there's some real reason why you think prices are going to go up. I'd avoid that. Bread and butter houses, you know, 250, 300 grand houses in the southeast, you know, 100, 150 grand houses in the northwest. The rent spaces, the mortgages, there's enough of a gap, you know, to, to make a profit. And um, as I say, if, yeah. you, if you buy in the right areas where – the economics make you think, you know what, do your research. I think the prices are going to go up in the next 10 years because of what's going on. Obviously, HS2 was a big double whammy. I was keeping hold of a property in Crewe because I thought there was going to be a lovely big shiny station there and it was going to double my house price. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but now that's <laughs> off the agenda. So obviously, no one's got a crystal ball in. But, you know, what my experience is and – Maybe it will repeat itself over the next 15, 20 years. But if you bought in Manchester, you bought in London, you know, London's a bit flat at the minute because a lot of people working from home, but it might rebound. But if you buy in the right places, the property prices will go up between 50%, 100%, or even more than that, 200%, depending on where you buy. So you've got to bear that in mind. You know, make sure your rents stack up, which they are at the moment. Indeed. It, it's interesting. When when you and I record stuff, David, for these podcasts, we think that we, we've got a structure in place. 
and we just end up riffing and chatting and, and you come up with some incredible qualified advice, et cetera. And we were going to do predictions for 2024, but you've actually touched on quite a bit of it there as well. But with the one thing we can look at, and you did allude to it here, renters reform bill and all that goes with that, that's clearly a bit sticky, a bit clunky, hugely dependent on whether we get a change of government. And at the moment, it looks like we will. You know what, Ian, even I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, even I'm not annoyed with the fact that they cancelled HS2 the way they did. I would have just cancelled the whole lot or built the whole lot to Manchester. And I just see the decisions that are going on are just that ridiculous. I'm going to vote Labour this time. Yeah. You know, and I've voted Conservative since Tony Blair, and now I'm going to vote Labour. From the results of the by-elections, I, I can't sit unless they shoot themselves in the foot over something. I can I can't see the Tories staying in. It's going to be really difficult, isn't it? Because even those people that aren't—I mean, a lot of people are voting are going to vote Labour not because they think Keir Starmer is God or that Labour are amazing, but because they're not the Conservatives. When I get to the ballot box, I might change my mind. You know, some people do, don't they? But if I was a protest vote, I'd definitely be voting Labour as a yeah. protest vote, whether I vote on the day. Well, there might be a candidate, the monster raving loony party still still stand candidates all over the place. Maybe they've got a good housing policy. Well, yeah. Well, I can't vote for Nigel Farage again unless he makes a, unless he makes a comeback to close the <laughs> banks down or something like that. <laughs> he might do that, yeah. Well, he did yeah, well on that campaign. Yeah, well, he always does well. You know, you got personality. I know personalities aren't everything, but he, he had one. Boris had one. Yeah. I'm not sure how many of the others got them. But, yeah, well, um, it matters, you know. doesn't it? Because it's now, you know, we're not we're not in that place anymore where you only look at what somebody is proposing. You look at the person, the character, how they're able to sell it to you. Do you believe them? Do they have likability? There's all of these factors. And whether people like it or not, that is part of it now. That's how we vote. We do take those things into account. Yeah, well, I definitely vote based on that. I'm not sure I'd want my surgeon to be like a a Boris. You know what I mean? I think I don't mind them not having a personality. You wouldn't want like Michael Gove to be your surgeon, would you? Really, you wouldn't <laughs> want a Gove to take your gallbladder out. I mean, that would be no, an extraordinary no, situation. Yeah. But when it comes to predictions <laughs> next year, Ian, you know it is interesting because. Right, so if you're an investor and you think, because a lot of our investors are coming saying, I'm going to hold on because I see interest rates coming down and maybe I can sell it for more money next year and all that. So everyone is asking themselves these questions that you pointed out, should I buy? Da, da, da. One of my members of staff just come into a bit of a windfall and he's thinking when, when I should buy. And, you know, so if you look at it, you've got, there's a couple of companies. You've got Bank of England and some people thinking, you know, interest rates might go up again and then be where they are now this time next year. And then there's other pundits thinking they'll be at 4.25%. And then other pundits thinking by the end of 2025, they'll be back down to 3%. Yeah. You know, so um, you never know in this game how to call <laughs> it because the only thing work, you know, you've got all these wars going on. You've got other people thinking that, you know, the price of oil is going to go up to $150 a barrel and all of that. So, you know, your guess is as good as anyone. My guess, my prediction is interest rates will be next Christmas 4.5%. What do you reckon? Wow, 4.5%. I mean, that's a great prediction. Would that be for just domestic punters or are you talking about buy-to-let mortgages? 
Yeah, I'm, I reckon you'll get a buy-to-let mortgage for that now. I've spoke to our panel broker uh, today. He's got some headline figures where you can get a two-year buy-to-let mortgage at 4.5% now and a five-year at 4.9%. You have to wow. put a bigger deposit in, sure. but that's like a mass, that's 1% less than what they were a month or so ago, you know? True, true enough. Uh, final question then, David. Uh, if you were starting out now, in this current market, would you become a landlord? I would do next year. You know, I think there's a lot of landlords who are selling properties cheap. You know, the the, the amount of landlords selling is about fifty to a hundred thousand a year above the average. So they then they're needing to get a quick sale so you can get a deal from those landlords, rents are through the roof, so you can get a mortgage of four or five hundred quid, you rent a thousand, and you can see house prices i think over the next five years increasing by 15 percent or so because of interest rates coming down and because of inflationary pay deals going into pay packets and i don't i'm not really that worried about things like the renters reform bill and all of this that and the other it's a level playing field they'll get the balance right in the end and you just need to make sure that you're buying the right places for you you know, and that means, you know, weighing up the balance between being on your own patch so you know where the builders are versus will that property double in 10 years or be worth about the same. So I would definitely be buying next year because I'm going to, and I haven't bought for a few years. Yeah. So I'm definitely buying next year. So I would definitely say it's a good time for the landlords to be a landlord next year. David, it's always a pleasure. It's always informative, compelling stuff. Just give us the website where people should go to get a bit more detail about you guys. Yeah, guys, so we've got two websites. We've got one called www.landlordsalesagency.co.uk and the other one, national-residential.co.uk. Lots of stuff for landlords on there. You can see a lot of the deals that we're selling through our online auction at National Residential. And you can always reach out for me personally, david.coglin at landlordsalesagency.co.uk. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you've got. Fantastic. Have a good one, David. We will speak on the next episode. All right. Thanks, Ian. And bye for now, everybody. Bye.